Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Well, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. It's wonderful to have you with me. I want to dive right in here, as I often am eager to do, and talk to you about a major event that has happened in our recent history, but do it by putting it in perspective of how I view history. And to do that, I want to introduce you to a word. It's the word linchpin. Now, you probably hear this word often used, but you may not be 100% clear on what it is. The linchpin on old wagons, think of the Old West, was the little piece of metal that held the wheel on the axle, okay? You may have a linchpin on your lawnmower if you own a lawnmower. It's a little piece of bent metal that keeps the wheel on the axle. I've seen them on lawnmowers. I've seen them on certain kinds of bicycles. Uh, I've seen them on certain kinds of yard wagons and what have you, but they're mainly known from the Old West, a tiny piece of strong metal on which everything else relied. Because obviously on a wagon, if something doesn't keep the wheel on the axle, then of course the wagon's not going anywhere. So a linchpin is a small thing, a small piece of metal that is huge in its repercussions, huge in its impact, huge in its importance because it's keeping the whole thing together. Or perhaps better said, it's keeping things together so they can accomplish a certain purpose. All right. And you can picture a linchpin. It's just a bent over piece of metal uh, that then the ends are spread to keep it in the hole in the axle that in turn keeps the wheel on the wagon. So I think in terms of linchpin events, I'm not just living on as like a lot of people on the crack pipe of, you know, the news cycle. I'm looking for the background. I'm looking for the linchpin events. I'm looking for the moments that determine a whole lot of other moments. The thing that happened a few years ago that determines a lot of what's happening now. I'll give you an example. In 2011, at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, Barack Obama got up and just trashed Donald Trump, who was sitting in the room with his wife and some of his friends. I mean, you can see it on YouTube. Obama just took his head off, ridiculed him, picked on him. It went on for almost 20 minutes. And I am convinced, and this is not just my theory, many people close to Trump have told me the same thing, that that's the moment that Donald Trump decided to run for president and to trash the Obama legacy. Now, that may sound crazy to you that an entire presidency may have resulted from that moment. I'm not saying that Donald Trump didn't consider running for president before. He certainly did. But at that moment, I think the steel and the anger were put into Donald Trump's soul and this was in 2011, and he decided to run for president, and he decided that part of his function would be to dismantle the Obama legacy. And he dang near did it, and for all we can tell right now, he may get another shot. That's a linchpin event. It's not the thing that's in the news cycle at the time, but it may have determined events for years to come and left its mark on history. 
So I think in terms of these linchpin events, I try to watch for what's going on in the world. This is how historians think, not just in terms of what was in the newspaper headlines, but what was behind the headlines. What happened three years prior, a decade prior, a century prior that led to what came after. It's how historians think. And I think we may have had a linchpin event of sorts happen in September of this year. I'm recording this in 2022. In September of this year, Nord Stream, which is the pipeline from Russia to Germany through the Baltic Sea that carries natural gas, Nord Stream was blown up. You can go back and research this yourself. September of this year, Nord Stream, the vital pipeline that provides about 40% of the natural gas for Europe and Germany especially, was blown up. Now, you know about that. And you may have scratched your head about that, and you you may have read some articles about that at the time, but it's my job, <laughs> it's the job of people who think like me, to think about how that might be a linchpin events event for uh, things that are coming, how it might lead to trends, what it what uh, what dominoes might fall as a result of that event. And so let me let me dive into that just a little bit. The fact is that the Swedes, who have the best Navy in the Baltic Sea and have the best forensic equipment, have been investigating how this pipeline was blown up. There was a lot of a lot of rumors, a lot of finger pointing. People were mystified. Was it just a natural accident? How did it happen? And they have not fully reported their conclusions yet, but they have leaked it and said, said uh, given their findings to certain governments and certain officials quietly in the background, and they have concluded that the Russians blew up Nord Stream. It was part of their strategy to choke Europe, to conserve their own natural resources, uh, to punish Europe for supporting Ukraine, uh, a, a lot of other motivations. So it's very possible that the Russians, this is what the Swedes say, and they're the best at this, the Russians blew up Nord Stream, thus cutting off about 40% of the natural gas flowing into Germany. Now, the Swedes have been inside the pipes. They've investigated in ways that are highly sophisticated. They're the best in the region by far, and this is their conclusion. Now, this creates a huge problem, not just because of the interruption of natural gas, but it creates a huge problem because if, in fact, the Russians blew up Nord Stream, then they are, to use the American language, they are state sponsors of terror. They were attempting to engage in a terrorist act so as to starve a people of the resources they need. And this is huge. Let me pause before I tell you what the, what the, why it's so huge and talk just a little bit about how Europe tends to work. One of the trends, one of the dynamics that I've discussed in this podcast before uh, is demographics. And you need to know that Europe is aging dramatically. They have far more 60-year-olds than they do people in their 50s, 40s, 30s, etc. It's an aging population. This is because of valuing small families. This is because of abortion. There are many reasons we've discussed before. But basically, the economic model of Europe is to bring in natural resources from elsewhere, uh, bring in products that are almost at their completion, then complete them and put them on the market. 
Uh, this is this is not a high labor economy. These are not high labor economies. Uh, you're talking about an aging population. You're talking about older people. They're executive types in their latter years. And so they're not focusing on uh, a lot of the grunt work, a lot of the high labor intensive industries. Uh, they want to import resources put the finishing touches on them, and then put them on the market and sustain themselves economically that way. Well, as a result, what they're importing from other countries uh, is absolutely essential to what they do. They're not developing, for the most part, their own natural resources. That's a highly labor, basically a young man's game, to put it almost humorously. Um, What they're doing is bringing in natural resources from elsewhere. Now, you know that I believe that all countries ought to be very slow to rely entirely on resources from other countries, especially countries that are potential enemies like Russia. I think Germany was very unwise to have nearly 50% of its natural gas coming from Russia. And a lot of that, of course, was because Angela Merkel, a woman I very much admire, spoke Russian, understood Putin, was sort of the Russian whisperer for us, <laughs> helping us, helping the West understand Russia. And she was able to work with Putin. She increased German reliance on Russian natural resources. And now, I think Germany is going to pay a great price for it. Germany being a country I care about very much. I spent most of my youth there, as some of you know. So all of that to say, we are now in a crisis. And here's the crisis that's going to result. Not only are natural resources being choked off from Europe, uh, which relies on them massively, but if indeed Russia did blow up Nord Stream, then the U.S. is contractually obligated not to trade with them and also contractually obligated to insist that its European partners not trade with Russia. So you've got a huge crisis resulting from what was barely a blip on the minds of Americans when it happened. Nord Stream, the blowing up of Nord Stream in September 2022, And now the Swedes, the best in the region with their forensic investigation, telling us that it was the Russians, and they're just beginning to unpack that information, is going to put at least the diplomatic level of our relationships with these European countries into crisis. It means the U.S. shouldn't be trading with Russia at all, and it means that the U.S. should insist that Europe, NATO countries in particular, not trade with Russia. And this, of course, is going to be massive economic upheaval in Europe. This could affect us for a generation or two. So this is what I mean. I'm doing two things at once here. I'm reporting a story of late, but I'm also trying to show you how linchpin events work. There are those things that may not get a lot of attention, may not even be understood. If you ask the average American in a poll today, what is Nord Stream? I'm I'm quite sure that only about a quarter would even know what that was. Um, However, The fact that the Russians likely blew up their own Nord Stream pipeline to Europe via Germany, and that this means almost half of European natural gas has been cut off. Think for a moment of what that means. Natural gas, of course, is behind everything from aluminum production to fertilizer production to steel. I could go on and on. We have stepped into a time of a crisis, and only now are we beginning to understand that it's upon us because the Swedes are letting us know that the Russians blew up Nord Stream. So this is how history works. 
And this is something you want to keep your eye on. It's the kind of thing that the diplomatic group, the diplomatic strata here in Washington, D.C., where I'm sitting, it's how they think. They look for those linchpin events. They're thinking in terms of years. They're thinking in terms of trends. Most people, most voters in every country, every democratic country, think only in terms of the immediate news cycle. And that's why I call it the, the crack pipe of the news cycle. They're fed what they're fed, but they're not analyzing. And I think this Nord Stream explosion could be huge. I think it could not only be the beginning of choking off Europe of natural resources it needs, but create a diplomatic crisis of a massive level. Let me conclude this podcast by saying that there is no question that Ukraine is engaged in an almost miraculous level of resistance and potential victory over Russia. It's pretty stunning what's happening in Ukraine. And I realize that Americans particularly are dealing with it in terms of support Ukraine or not. That's the big debate in D.C., and I'm sure we're going to see that come to the fore as the Republicans take the lead in the House here in D.C. However, the bigger issue is that Ukraine, under Vladimir Zelensky's leadership, have absolutely turned the tide and that they are very likely going to win this war. However, let me say this quickly, not before everything ratchets up to a new level of violence. And most experts right now believe that that will happen along about May. So keep your eye on Europe. Keep your eye on the Nord Stream investigation by the Swedes. Keep your eye on what's being reported and be aware that between now, and I'm recording this in November of 2022, and May of 2023, we're going to see a ratcheting up of the military options in Ukraine. We may see greater violence and we may see Ukraine absolutely defeat Russia in the battlefield. What we're going to see, unfortunately, before then is a great deal of bloodshed. The Russians are doing what they always do. They're putting massive numbers of bodies in the field, but these bodies are largely untrained, unskilled, and that creates kind of a medieval level barbarian kind of warfare, which we're going to see, I believe, unfortunately, between now and May in Ukraine. Watch the events. Learn how to think in terms of linchpins. This is how history is made. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular global speaker, and senior fellow for public leadership at Palm Beach Atlantic University. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.